You're listening to Sips of Sanity, your toolkit for emotional and intuitive intelligence, or what we like to call the dirty work. Let's do it. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. I mean, is it a good morning given what we're about to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it might be a rough one. Yes. Hopefully people saw the title cards and that this is called Triggers. Yeah. So... Okay, fair enough. Maybe that I'm not saying good morning to you. It's the morning. <laughs> good day. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you've prepared um, a triggering episode or a series uh, with great intention because what we're seeing in a lot of our sessions lately is that people don't know their own triggers in their relationships. And we're talking about relationships in general, the dynamics between individuals. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean partner. It could be your triggers at work with a boss, a coworker, your children. The list goes on and on. It could be that you're triggered by the person driving the car in front of you, mm-hmm. it, but because of their behavior right? or a lack of behavior sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we get triggered. Each of us gets triggered in a variety of ways because of the things that we've experienced in our past. So I want to start this series because it's the public one by saying that we are not solving things for you in this series. This is very much um, put together for the purpose of awareness Mm -hmm. so that you can sit here and evaluate, is this one of my triggers? Mm -hmm. Have I been triggered like this in the past or in a current relationship? And the solutions that we're actually offering people who are listening is uh, therapy with Therapists who are trained in emotion-focused therapy, or EFT, we're also offering the book called Hold Me Tight by Dr. Sue Johnson, who founded EFT, mm-hmm. and or, because you could do all three of these if you're, if you're super keen, is the book club that we've just completed, uh, where we on Patreon provided people with a breakdown of the book, Hold Me Tight, so that they have a chapter-by-chapter breakdown uh, and support so that they can work through their own reflections and make it really personal. Mm -hmm. So these are the three solutions, and I'm hoping that people will write this down so that when they do listen to each of the five shows throughout the week and they feel triggered, they feel anxious just with the discussion, they can go, oh yeah, here are my three options, minimum, Uh, to help soothe myself and get more answers. Thank you for explaining that and for telling them to write that down. I like to stick things on my fridge so that it's right in front of my face Mm -hmm. um, each time I go to the fridge in the day. So that just might be a great idea for them to know that they're not alone. And as you said, we're not here today trying to say, here are all the solutions. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to say, here are some things that might trigger you. And we're going to name one each day. So we're going to go easy as well. We're not giving you tons of triggers, just five. Just five. (laughs) Just to fuck you up this week, one a day. (laughs) Okay. So one of the things I want to start with too, Kelly, is saying to people that we can be triggered by our childhood, the way that our parents raise us. We can be triggered by coaches, um, school systems, teachers, because they have such a big impact in our lives. We spend a lot of time with them. Friends, parents, friendships. Well, you're hearing in general people, but also events can trigger us. Mm -hmm. And a trigger is where, and this isn't a technical definition, it's my own. 
It's, it's something that occurs that doesn't sit well with you, that makes you feel unsafe, that makes you feel unloved or uncared for or not seen or valued or heard. Would you add to that? I Just to summarize, I think it's an invalidating experience. Oh, I love that. That's, all, that's awesome. Yeah, because the invalidating leaves us feeling unsafe. So for those of our followers who have their emotional wheel out, then what they might want to do is keep the wheel out for the week and pay attention and take a highlighter. So if you've taken your wheel and you've photocopied it and you've got your highlighters out, you guys know how much we like our highlighters, that you might want to sit there as you go through each of the five, use your highlighter per page perhaps, and take it as you go through it and listen to us and remember some of this, or as you go through your day after each one is brought up, and if you have that experience, you sit there and you highlight the feelings that it brings up in you. Mm -hmm. Because what we are hoping for here is that you're going to become aware that when somebody hits your trigger, it hits your emotional state. I want to highlight something very subtle that you mm. said, and that was the plural feelings. Right. That we're not just looking for one and going, okay, good, I did my job. Oftentimes when you feel unsafe, there are a number of emotions that are operating simultaneously. So don't stop at one. And that's part of the problem with the trigger is that when they're all running at the same time, you feel overwhelmed. Which was, well, is what um, Sue Johnson refers to as the emotional tsunami. The perfect and tsunami with a T. Yes, they wouldn't know what that means. Karen forgot about a T one time and called it ES, your emotional tsunami. I did. Way to take it public. That's good. <laughs> Love your humility. Absolutely. If it can make somebody laugh in the middle of understanding something very difficult, why not? Yes. So can we jump into the first trigger then? Yes, but I just wanted to say that we're going to, I'm going to refer to that in our conversations as an ET. Okay. As an ET moment or whatever. And that simply means that you're in an emotional tsunami, which means that you're being overwhelmed with a number of emotions at the same time where you feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And that's going to contribute to the behavior that you have that is out of skew and isn't coming from a centered place within you. Right. And for those of you who are living in a constant state of mm -hmm. ET, we're not talking about upping the ante here. We're talking about identifying that you might currently be in one and may have been in one for the last decade. Mm. And we will send you love. Okay. Okay. So first so trigger pisses me off. This is a difficult <laughs> show for me to get through. Um, still not great at coping with this one. Uh, this is thoughtlessness. This is going to be funny for them <laughs> because they're going to see our triggers as we talk about these. <laughs> Maybe I'll just keep the camera on your face and they'll hear my auditory um, partake in this episode instead of uh, my annoyance in my face. Oh, yeah. And, and so the thoughtlessness, let's give some examples first of all. So if I come up with a few right off the bat, because I'm going to think of the ones that bug me, mm -hmm. right? The mm -hmm. thoughtlessness in other people triggers me because I was raised to be a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. So I am raised to be the exact opposite of thoughtlessness. I'm supposed to be in overdrive all the time to anticipate other people's needs and meet them. Be, and be thoughtful. Exactly. So if you're raised to be a people pleaser, thoughtlessness in others is really going to be a massive trigger for you because it means you're in go mode. 
you have to make up for the other person's thoughtlessness, mm-hmm. or you should. And their thoughtlessness is going to really irritate you and anger you. So you're going to get triggered into judgment. You're going to go full, full bore into judging them as being assholes or, you know, whatever, right? It's, it's going to be, unple- I'll just say unpleasant. Extremely. And I'm going to say too, you know, even having worked through quite a bit of people pleasing, because I think it's ongoing your whole life, um, I still get triggered by thoughtlessness mm-hmm. because I'm living in a constant state of education about emotional intelligence that it's always running through my mind about how to be there for someone with healthy boundaries, mm. meet my own needs with healthy boundaries. But thoughtless thoughtfulness is included in both of those things, mm-hmm. meeting my own needs as well as others with healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. So I, I do want people to know that you may be here having done tons of dirty work and still get extremely triggered by thoughtlessness. Right. So thoughtlessness, I'm going to give some examples. Mm-hmm. Um um, somebody cutting you off in traffic, somebody stepping in front of you in a line in a um, retail store or wherever you need to be serviced. Um, can I can I do one? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones that really irks me is when people don't put carts back properly in stores. I find that extremely careless and thoughtless and selfish. Um, it's so simple to just line them up and put them together and help out an employee, but also make it easy for someone walking in to grab a cart. Oh, I can go now. You've triggered me. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) I'm in the grocery store thinking about people who drop things in the grocery store uh, or in a store and leave it on the floor and walk away. Oh, I put back a grocery item the other day and because I just decided two aisles down that I didn't want it. And I put it back on the shelf. And as I walked away, I heard in my head, I'm the person I hate right now. Right. If you don't put it back where where it belongs. belongs. Right. So I triggered myself. (laughs) So that's good. I like how you're pointing out that we can trigger ourselves and that it's not always other people that do the triggering. Mm -hmm. Another good example is, you know, our house. Mm -hmm. So um, leaving the bathroom clean and neat for the next person so that when they walk in, um, there isn't hair on the counter. There isn't uh, toothpaste stuck in the bottom of the sink. If there's Dixie cups, then if Mm -hmm. I use the last one, I would put more cups there or whatever it is, clean the cup or something. And can I flush the toilet? Can I piggyback this? Yeah. Because I think some people might listen to that and go, well, isn't that just cleanliness standards? And I think, okay, yes, for some people it's about a certain level of control over cleanliness, but how you're presenting it and how I know that you, you actually perceive this is the thoughtfulness of the person who will be in the washroom after you. Yes. So it's really, it's not even necessarily fully done for your own self. It's done so that the next person who walks in is set up for a good experience, which leads me to the end of that toilet paper roll not being filled. Right. It's like, oh, I got what I needed. I don't care if you walked in and I now have to drip dry. <laughs> or you have to run downstairs with your pants around your ankles. Totally. Hope you don't fall down the or stairs. Or pass the window. <laughs> well, you would in our house have to pass the window and find the toilet paper because it's in the basement and then come all the way back up the stairs again, right? So what we're talking about here is consideration 
empathy. Can I keep going? Yeah. Because, you know, we've talked about some Mm -hmm. strangers um, with kind of distant actions where they're not right in front of you. We've talked about house uh, behaviors. Mm -hmm. I also want to touch on the fact of um, being interrupted, Mm. right? So when you're expressing a thought or a feeling, you're in conversation telling a story and someone just decides that what they have to say is more important or that their fear of their own memory leaving them is more important that they express what they want and can cut you off. Like... I think the immediate in front of your face actions are also extremely thoughtless. Those are great. And I like how you brought that into different areas of life. Mm -hmm. So if we go to the work environment, we can think of examples at work where maybe thoughtlessness comes in where somebody knows that there's a deadline and takes a day off. Mm-hmm. and doesn't come in and dumps the workload on everybody else. Mm. Um, somebody knows that they're responsible for ordering supplies and knows that if that if they don't do it, it's going to affect everybody else's day, the quality of the day perhaps, and just doesn't do it. Mm. And for long-time listeners, you're going to be hearing this going, well, I'm pretty sure they're talking about the universal law of personal responsibility. Bingo. Yes, So one of the points is, is that when somebody else is behaving with thoughtlessness, then what you can do for the other person when it's hitting your trigger is to put you out of control. And what it does is it wants to hit your trigger that you want to go in and have control to fix it. I think that's true for some of the triggers. Yes. And I I just want to touch on that because when you're talking about being cut off in traffic, when you're being, when you're talking about those more distant behaviors, Mm -hmm. um, That is definitely a feeling of being out of control. I do want to touch on what Sue is going to do in her book, if people do access this or in book club, is that when it's more personal, when the person that you are close to, friends, family, partner, et cetera, is demonstrating thoughtlessness, it triggers the feeling of not being safe in your emotional connections, mm-hmm. which we don't seek from the driver in front of us. Right. And so I, I think it's important to separate those two for people to understand, okay, I'm out of control right now in the car because now I'm maybe feeling unsafe about driving conditions of other mm-hmm. people. But the feeling of loss of emotional connection is the biggest trigger in our personal relationships that causes extreme amounts of distress because all those things that you're talking about, not being thoughtful about the way that we live together, not being thoughtful about how we converse with each other creates this knowing in us that we can't rely on them that they're not there to consider our needs, Mm -hmm. that if we reach out and say we have a need, they're likely not going to meet it. Right. And so... Yes, it's a form of out of control because I can't control another person, but really it's the loss of connection. And if that is your boss or your coworker, then how can you feel safe in your employment and in your finances? Yeah, to be supported. If that is your best friend group or someone in your best friend group, then again, you don't feel that you really have a best friend and people to rely on. If that's your partner and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. In every single relationship. And I think it's why it's such a huge trigger. Yes. And we got to figure out how to deal with this and Sue's going to help us. Yes. So go back to your list of three that we talked about at the beginning of a session. If you're feeling triggered by all of these things, um, 
it's a good thing in the sense that you're just learning about yourself right now. So be patient, be compassionate about that and know that the knowledge is good. Now we, we can do something with it. Good? Yes. All right. We've got four more shows coming up. Um, if, if you want to be triggered again. <laughs> yes. We really want people to be excited to know what their triggers are because there are ways to get through this that are healthy and that you really are here to live a healthier life than what you've had. Wonderful. Thanks for listening to Sips of Sanity. Catch the full monthly series on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo.